we're living in this age where you can have 30,000 monthly listeners on Spotify and not one person will come out to your show. Hey, this is Heath Padgett, and welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 174. The RV Entrepreneur is a weekly podcast for nomadic entrepreneurs, and on today's episode, I'm interviewing a couple of musicians who actually came to our most recent RV Entrepreneur Summit, Ken and Elisa. After living and working in the Bay Area, the high cost of living and just kind of boredom in their work gave Ken and Elisa the idea to hit the road. Elisa's bandmates were all moving on in different stages of their life, and Ken always had a love of music as well, so together they decided to play shows across the country. And in the past year, they have played over 160 shows. Makes me exhausted just thinking about it. In this episode, we really dive into how to build a nationwide music tour without a label or a massive online following and book 160 shows if you want to play that many shows. One of the biggest insights in this episode for any musicians listening would be the different ways that Ken and Elisa have been able to locate and reach out to venues. And I list a lot of the links for the things they talk about, especially when you're touring and visited places where maybe you don't have a following or you've never even been before. Uh, so we talk about a lot of the specific companies that they've partnered with and use to locate and find shows and basically DIY your own cross-country music tour. Without further ado, let's get into this episode with Ken and Elisa. Ken and Elisa, thank you for uh, being on the podcast with me. Thanks for having us. Yeah, super excited to be with you. So you guys have played a few uh, shows in the past 10 months. <laughs> <laughs> Just a few. Just a few, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we counted today and think as of today it was 160 something oh my gosh yeah, that's insane 60 shows. what is what is that average out to like a, a per week you know how many days are you guys playing a week yeah funny you should add, i just ran the the numbers and it's basically a show every other day every um, two days every every two days yeah it's every like every 2.14 days <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's an, I, I feel like you have to build up a special kind of endurance to do what you guys have been doing the past year. Like, are you all burned it's out? Pretty- or? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, not at all. Yeah, yes, I'm, I'm definitely a little burned out. And I am like, honestly, I like knock on wood every single day about my health and, and Ken's health, both of our, I mean, for the most part, we've been pretty good which to me as a singer because I don't I'm singing is my main like instrument and it's like we've been able to do this and we've been really really lucky I think in that regard yeah it's pretty nuts it's crazy yeah and by the way I so appreciate you guys as a little bit of a side note coming out to play at RVE this year like super grateful to have y'all and so glad that you made the trip out to Alabama I know whenever I called you guys you were like well we're gonna be in Texas and then we're going west so we'll have to like come all the way out and then so all that to say thank you guys for coming out people loved you and we loved having you oh thanks yeah Yeah, it was it was super exciting for us too is I mean when we uh when we started thinking about jumping in an RV and going full time and doing our research, you and Alyssa were the first ones that came up and we dug into the podcast and Alyssa's book. And so it was it was kind of like that full circle moment where we got to come and meet you guys and see the community. So it was really special for us, too. 
yeah, it was super fun. It really, really, really awesome people and very inspiring stuff like the, the talks and being able to meet all of those people that are, have such interesting, like entrepreneurial endeavors. It's really fun. Yeah. It's always fun to see like what all kinds of businesses people are doing on the road, but musicians are kind of like the OG RV entrepreneurs because like, in a, in a way, you know, like musicians live on the road. That's always been a thing is like hitting the road, playing tours and traveling around and doing music. And now it's like, now it's a little thing with this super niche tech entrepreneur community um, who's traveling around in RVs too. But musicians have been doing this a long time. So I want to hear kind of the whole idea and intent with you guys transitioning into being on the road. And it's always fun to hear from a musician standpoint too, because so many people I presume would love to be able to go around and travel and play music. So to figure out how to execute on that and book shows all over the country and kind of transition, I'm assuming like one of you are hardcore logistics. I'm I'm hoping that it's Ken. Otherwise, Elisa, you're just carrying the whole team at this point. Um, So, so what, what did you, what was kind of the conversations that led to doing this tour around the country? Like, where did it all start? We were both living in the Bay Area in Oakland, San Francisco Bay Area before we left. And I was working several different jobs, just hustling around. I was a yoga instructor and a voice instructor, at, not at the same time, but at like different places. That um, would be pretty legit to like do some yoga, <laughs> take a break, like voice lessons, like you're super yeah, like calm. Yeah. Yoga. Yeah, yeah, maybe the- that can be my next thing (laughs) yeah but I was working at like five different yoga studios in the Bay Area and I was teaching private voice lessons and I was also had a big band and we played shows I definitely wasn't playing shows as much as we're playing shows now but I was playing shows a a lot in addition to the jobs I had it's just you've probably heard and you know if you've you've been through California just the cost of living is is unbelievable there especially in the bay so it's it's hard it's very hard to be an artist out there so i think the hustle for me was just becoming too much and then i i just was ready for a change and then also my band i had an amazing band backing band they were like there were seven of us total and they were awesome guys and we got really close and we we recorded an album and and we got to play in some really great some of the best venues in san francisco but we kind of started to like a couple of them started to move like a couple of them moved to new york one of them had a kid and got married and we just like the timing kind of worked out where i was like okay this is kind of happening at a, a good time that my band is kind of breaking up that maybe it's time for something new and then enter ken yeah, I was I was hustling too, kind of in a different way. I was working at one of the tech companies in the Silicon Valley, doing the doing the hustle thing, you know, working super long hours. And I was running a, a global program, and it just took up all of my my bandwidth. And so I had always been. I grew up in a musical family. I grew up playing instruments and like trying to take a stab at songwriting and. All that's to say, I've always wanted to be in music, but just kind of moved in a different path. But I got to a point where I was burnt out working my my tech job and was was ready to was ready to check out. And I've also always kind of wanted to do an extended road trip. So the timing, I think, worked out in the sense that 
Elisa and I both kind of hit burnout uh, doing what we were doing at the same time and started talking about what we could do from there. And then through our discussions and brainstorming came up that we wanted to hit the road and take the music on the road and kind of make that our, our full-time gig. I love it. So what was like kind of the length of time between deciding that you wanted to do this and actually hitting the road for this tour? I want to say we started talking about it in towards the end of the year, which would have been the end of 2017. And then we actually hit the road in the summer of 2018. Gotcha. And for you guys, like you've been playing locally. So was the whole idea like, let's just go take an extended road trip or was the plan from the very beginning, let's go play as many shows as humanly possible across the country. <laughs> like, like what was the game plan here? And in also was the hope to be able to make a percentage of the income that you guys were bringing in, in San Francisco while on the road, or was it more or less just if we can put some gas in the tank, like what were kind of the goals, I guess, if you will. I think in our, in our minds, we were like, Oh, it, it'll be like a road trip and we will see all the national parks and it'll be like, I don't know. just, we thought it would be a little more leisurely yeah. um, and less work, but I mean, it's a good problem to have though, that we ended up getting so many shows booked for me. I, I definitely wanted to play as many shows as possible and gain real fans and be able to play to new people because as a musician when you're based in one place and and you play locally like that's really good and there are a lot of pros to that but sometimes it can get kind of like you you just end up playing the same places to the same people and it feels kind of that's kind of where I was at where I felt kind of stuck I felt like I wasn't playing to new people or like really growing my audience so I I kind of went into this like why don't we do it <laughs> like yeah, like you said like the OG old school route like to actual people in in, in real life <laughs> um, which is very challenging especially now that the music industry is not what it used to be and and you know like we're living in this age where you can have 30,000 monthly listeners on Spotify and not one person will come out to your show because like it's like we're in this age of playlisting and this there's it's a really crazy time but also a really awesome time to be an independent artist I could go on about that forever (laughs) but I think yeah that's kind of where I was at and then for goals yeah I mean we both just wanted to of course be able to make some money and it like for me honestly the goal was just to break even because for a musician that's often like that is what success is is to like break even yeah, that was kind of my main goal. Yeah, it's just to be able to break even, put gas in the tank and food in our bellies and be able to take the music on the road and you know, not be losing money while we were doing it, but just afford afford the lifestyle. So 150 shows, did that do it? Did that help you guys break even? It helped. <laughs> we were, we've been, we're, we're not super great at keeping track of our expenses. We've gotten better. I would say that we've probably about broken even. We may have lost a little bit of money over the course of the year, but we made sure before we left that we had a little bit of a of a nest egg that we could fall back onto if if, if we needed to. But I'd say we're pretty close to, to breaking even. Some 
months we have lost some money and then other months we've broken even and uh, I would say a couple of the months we actually made a little more than we spent um we were we were good at we're, we've been good at checking the past eight months. It yeah. was the first four months that we weren't so great. It definitely ebbs and flows and depends so much on the types of gigs you are booking. I mean, yeah. also to be able to leave your home and travel the country for a year and do what you love, playing music together. One of my friends, I remember talking to him like, a year and a half after we started tra- like traveling and trying to figure out what we were doing in our careers and you know pretty much just making it all up like we're all doing and i was t- i was kind of telling him i was like you know i kind of felt embarrassed about the lower amount of income that i was making at the time and then he pointed out like look at your quality of life you know he's like you've been able to travel around the country with your wife see so many amazing things and you're still able to, you're still building up that income. Sure, you know, maybe it's only 50% of what it was before or less or didn't matter. He's just like the quality of life matters and it takes time to build that up. So the fact that you guys have been able to even break even in the first year, you know, from going from two incomes to one stream of playing shows is pretty incredible. Yeah, and it's like you said, I think just to be able to to do what you love, yeah, um, to be able to travel full-time and get to see a good amount of the country and pursue our passions you know uh, that that certainly goes a long way what do you feel you two have like gotten out of this past year other than like a ton of practice as a musician and booking gigs and I want to get into like how you guys have found a lot of these shows and things like that but what do you feel like the two of you have kind of gotten out of this on the on the other side well, I think you kind of already said that is that improved as a as a performer and as a as a musician and learned a lot about kind of how to hold my own because I think before we left I had like I said I had this band and I I love love them but I was kind of maybe depending on them too much and when you're your own artist you're your own singer songwriter it's it can be challenging it can be hard to to take up that space and uh, not depend on a full band. So I think I've gotten better at that. I mean, Ken and I have learned so much about <laughs> about RV life and like life on the road and things that, as far as getting getting stuff out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 always fun too. It's a good story to tell shows when we say that we're living in an RV and touring the country. It, it, Elise always says that uh, we can talk to people about RV life if they have any questions. So we talk yeah. to a lot of people after the shows about that. Mm-hmm. For me, at the uh, similar to what Elisa was saying, just like the experience to be able to to do music. As I mentioned before, for me, I kind of grew up in a musical family and, and loved music and like got involved with it off and on. And early on, I wanted to make a career out of music, but I was always kind of afraid and never really knew how to do it. So now just to be able to have that experience where that's what we're, that's what we're doing and that's what we're pursuing and to have the support of, of Elisa while doing that and be able to gain that experience for me, that's, I think that's probably been one of the biggest things that I've got gotten out of it. And just a side note, some handyman skills from having to fix stuff in the, <laughs> in the RV. That time. is, that is a good benefit. How do how do your days differ, Ken? Like, they get, if you can give us a snapshot of like a day in Ken's life 
pre this tour versus now? Well, I'd say before, you know, I was waking up early. I was commuting probably about an hour and a half each way into the office. For a lot of my career, I was traveling extensively. So I was on the road for 80% of the time at some times. Would go into the office, typically do, you know, a 10, maybe 12 hour day come home, maybe work out, eat and fall asleep on the couch. That was sort of my, my dates before. Now the it's, I have a lot more freedom, which has been nice. I can wake up generally when I want to, we can work at our own time. We'll generally both wake up, sit at the computer, try to book shows or work on whatever it is that we have going on. Maybe we'll need to get to the next city and, and then kind of move to the show, play a show, if we have a day off, we'll go out and walk around and tour a little bit, try to see some sites. So it's definitely given me a lot more freedom in terms of how I manage my schedule and my time now. Totally. And and you play as well, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do percussion. Awesome. So with the 150 shows, let's talk about that. So if someone's listening to this who's a musician thinking about booking that amount of shows, what's been y'all's process for finding booking shows there's a lot of different ways to find venues there's different databases that we use the main one is indie on the move um, which is a free website database around for for a while and it's essentially a free database of music venues of every single not every single city but most cities in the usa so you can go there, Indie on the Move, and you uh, type in the city you want to find, and there, and then a list will will come up of of all of the venues in that given city. Not necessarily all of them, though. Like it's it depends because new venues are always opening up, or old ones are you know breaking uh, closing down, or they just aren't mentioned on the site. But yeah, so that's one way. And another way is through booking with other bands. So finding bands that are local to that city. And this is why the internet is so, so good and so amazing, especially for musicians, to be able to find other bands that can give you recommendations. So Facebook groups are often really helpful. There's like a a DIY tour group on Facebook. It's a huge Facebook group. And a lot of people just post in it, like looking for shows in X city and does anybody have Rex? And and then there's also different Facebook groups for each city. Like I've noticed if I wanted to join a group for like, like Portland musician community, you can like join it and usually meet other folks that are in the, in the scene. And then we're also part of a house concert network, which is really like, a lot of it has been that has been like our bread and butter as far as like income because house shows have been super successful as far as finances go but we're part of a network for that which is called it used to be called concerts in your home and now it's just called the listening room network mm-hmm. and that's been a really great network to be a part of which you do need to apply to it and be accepted in but there are other there's there's a there's another one I applied to called home ditty there are free networks, I think, I believe that you can join. And, and there's other creative ways to find house shows, like just asking people. <laughs> that does um, require, I, I, 
it requires more of a fan base, I would say. Like you, you definitely need to make sure you have like a big email list of people that you can like poll, like write a poll or, or say like, can, are you available or do you know anyone that would want to host me for a show in your home and, and like charge a donation and what, you know, so that's another way. And then just Google is also great too, you know, I mean. Yeah, and then there, I'd say there's a couple other, like so far sounds oh, yeah. uh, has been a great network. They're a group that does promote shows. And so those are really great because they always fill the fill the room with people and you go play to a packed house every time. And then we've also started to discover new ways as we as we meet more musicians that we play with. An artist that we played with, for example, recommended a specific hotel chain that has live music. So we recently did our our first show there and have reached out to other hotels in different cities that offer shows. And so it's a whole bunch of different ways. I think the networking piece that Elisa mentioned has been really good. Once we get to a place and we play a show and we meet the bands or the, the bookers there, then for the places that we've gone back, it's made it that much easier to, to get gigs in those, in, in those cities once we return. At this point, if you guys do another album, it'd probably be incredibly easy to book shows across the country. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it'll be, it will be a lot easier, that's for sure. And that's kind of what I think is so great about the fact that we had this this year to do this, mm-hmm. because we really went into it with, uh, like, a completely open, open mind. And I, I, I was just like, I just want to do a year like get through a year of just booking as much as we can and like playing as many places as we can, experiencing like as much as we can, meeting as many bands as we can and just like like soaking everything in that we can because once we do have that knowledge, we'll be I'll be able to use it for the next tour because we've definitely learned so much and and played so many types of shows <laughs> shows that we loved and will 100% go back and shows that we will 100% not go back <laughs> yeah it's it's been it's been pretty pretty awesome there were two things that you guys well a few things that were really interesting that you that you pointed out there's something called sound and it helps you fill the room what is, what is that oh sorry i think oh. what you're referring to is so far oh so far sounds yeah. So far sounds very, it's a company that is a promoter and they put on shows. So what's really good about them is they've got a great marketing arm. I'm not sure what they do for their marketing, but it's super successful. (laughs) And so when we go to cities, we can coordinate with so far and they'll host us for a show. We actually have one in the Boston area tomorrow. And so they'll do whatever marketing thing they do. They bill it as like a secret show in an undisclosed location. And then they'll bring out a bunch of people who are just interested in live music. And so when we get there, we'll play to a, a full room of music lovers. And so those are great because when we go to cities that we don't have a fan base, they do all the promotional work for us. So we just show up, we play our, play our songs, uh, hopefully connect with, with people. Uh, but they do all the marketing, pr- marketing and promotional work for us, which is really great. Yeah, that's but it all- should be mentioned that they are, they're a little controversial be- for um, among the musician community because there's a lot of pros and cons. I would just say to musicians that if 
there are musicians out there that have not heard of it, then like you should you should definitely try to get in to the family or whatever. Like often you have to apply to get in, or you just need to know a musician that's that has done so far sounds, and then they will introduce you to get in essentially. But I would say don't depend on that for your main income because they just pay a flat fee and it's not for it's not a ton but the pros are that they fill this room for you and it's usually full of like pretty young people that will definitely like follow you on social media and but not necessarily a good money maker but it's good to like gain followers and have exposure so that's super interesting i was wondering if they take like a cut or you know if you don't mind me asking like what's a what's a flat fee for like going into a city sure if if somebody wanted to play yeah, so they pay a hundred bucks to every artist. The good thing is, it's just it's a hundred bucks, but you only have to play four songs, so it's a very short set. It's not going to take up your whole. Well, it is. It usually takes up a night. It takes up um, a night, but and because there are usually three bands or three artists for the night, so it's three artists. Each artist plays four songs, and yeah, they pay the artist a hundred bucks, but that's not a lot if you think about that. Usually, those rooms are full of fifty people, and they charge. I think they charge like fifteen bucks a ticket, so it's not that much money in the scheme of things. But but I I also don't. I don't know. There, I just I just know I have some friends that are like anti so far sounds but I'm just like I mean if I get if I get to play to a room and we're already in that city and it's like I just would say don't go out of your way to like play play one gotcha if that makes sense totally but, whenever yeah. you said also that house shows had been some of the best as far as like revenue wise I thought that was interesting like people pay more for you to come play at their house versus going to bars mm-hmm. and things like that yeah, I think it, it can de- it can depend a little bit, too, I think. Right. So we, as Elisa mentioned earlier, we signed up through a network called the Listening Room Network. What's great about that particular network is it's a network of hosts that will put on shows in their home or their, their space. And there are certain expectations for the hosts when you book through this network. Generally, the assumption is that the host does it for free. It's just a, a labor of love to have live music in their house and the expectation too is that they'll ask for you know donations from each guest of about like 15 to 20 dollars per person and that they would put you up for the night as well and feed you yeah so we haven't taken people up on the staying at their house quite as much because we have the rv but for musicians who want a comfortable bed or a shower who might not have the rv with them it's a great opportunity to do it but those will often i mean we've played house concerts through that network that have had anywhere from you know maybe 10 to i guess the slidell one had like 100 people in it Mm -hmm. and so and so when you're playing a show to 100 people that all put in 20 bucks and 100 percent goes to you that's a lot more profitable than playing for a hundred dollar flat fee so those have been really good. We've also played house shows that were not through the network and not really formalized in the same way where we didn't make nearly as much. Yeah. So uh, we try to go through the network when we can. And those ones have been, the I think, the most financially successful for us because of the expectations that are built into the network. Yeah, that makes sense. So what are some other ways that you guys have been able to make money as a musician on the road because there were a couple of things that you had kind of thrown out that you guys had been featured that you'd written blogs and in various music industry websites you'd work with 
some companies on product testing some of their apps, I believe with Dolby, and that you had a song published on a TV show featuring Jessica Alba. So I guess like, what have you been doing to get some of these other <laughs> opportunities that, that you guys have worked on on the road? Yeah. Um, so one of the dreams is um, to get your song licensed in something because it's just like passive income where you can just sit back and every time a TV show airs, you get money. So that's been something that I would I have always wanted to get. I work with this this smaller licensing company based in the Bay Area, and I had done a little bit of songwriting and recording with Joey, who his name is Joey Prather. He owns the this company called Scout, and it's a, a small licensing and publishing company where, he, or sync licensing rather, sorry, where his job is essentially to to pitch music to music supervisors who are the ones that pick the songs for the commercials and the TV shows and the movies. So I had worked on a few like pop songs with him that we wrote them together. So it was a different kind of style than, than my, my personal style, but we worked on some stuff. And then I guess one of the songs that we worked on landed and there's a show it's on spectrum, the network spectrum, and it's called LA's finest. And it has Jessica Alba and Gabrielle Union. And they are, yeah, they star in the show. And the episode, I think it's episode six that the song's on. But it's only like 30 seconds. I am supposedly going to get paid for that. And I haven't yet, which is annoying. But I guess it's pretty common in the TV world. Like the, the it moves very slowly because it's a big I think ultimately Sony is in charge of it and it's just a big bureaucracy and there's a lot of channels I guess it needs to go through before the artist actually gets paid so eventually I will and when I do I'll feel much better but <laughs> it is pretty cool that my song is in this TV show so there's a few other sync licensing companies and like websites that we're on that are free because some of, some of them you need to pay to be in their like library of songs where they they their job is to pitch your songs to TV and, and commercials and stuff. So and then we're we're part of a few other companies like that, but we have but essentially you sign a you sign something, you give them your songs and make sure that you, before you sign anything that it's that they're not like taking the the master recordings or taking your songs from you. So you need to once you get into one of those companies, you basically you just kind of wait. You can't really do anything. You just you kind of maybe will get an email saying like, oh, you got placed in this TV show. Do you want to move forward? So that's kind of the the process that I've had with that. And then Dolby is another one. They have this new app coming out and I've been really lucky with them. Dolby, they haven't launched the app officially, but I've been doing some testing with them because Dolby's actually based in San Francisco and I have my ex drummer, so not not Ken. <laughs> Before Ken, he was he works at Dolby. So I did some work with him, and they're working on this app that is essentially like a fancy version of Voice Memo, but way better because it it has all these awesome features on your phone where you it can like block out background noise and you can edit it all in your phone. So I've been doing some testing with them, and and they're eventually they're gonna feature me on that app. And then I will be paid for that as well. So things like that have been really, really cool to be a part of. Yeah, yeah. that's super cool. Congrats on the TV oh. show. I'm sure, you, like, if I were you, I'd have probably 
got like an email or call and did like a little happy dance, Alyssa would be looking at me like, "Where are you freaking out?" I'm like, "My my song's on Jessica Alba TV show. Like it's a big deal." <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny too because the way that the the TV industry and and the whole sync licensing industry works is like we weren't told specifically like what episode it was going to be in or like really where it was going to to be within the episode kind of like over like the opening credits or something like that but elisa was watching like every single episode and like skimming through them on her phone to find exactly where the yeah the part of the song <laughs> the song was used that's awesome and then finally found it and yeah we did the happy dance in the yard <laughs> i love it kind of like shifting gears from from music uh to you guys like how long were you all together before you all started traveling mm, a year and a half yeah you're oh that's a, exactly the same length of time that Alyssa and i were together i'm just curious i haven't oh, really? talked to anybody about this in a while and it's always fun to kind of dig into this is like whenever you're in one place and you both have your own jobs like you're going to each of those jobs during the day but with you guys like you're kind of both thrown in like, to a really small space all the time working together like what's been the hard part about of like from a from a couple perspective like you guys are working together figuring out life together like what's been the most challenging part of that yeah i think it's it's funny i think about it in terms of like the space itself hasn't been that bad because of how expensive like san francisco and the bay area is like our our places in in oakland uh were really small before we jumped in here so that part has been okay I think the bigger thing has been we were both really busy. Like I was working my job, kind of regular like working hours, but extended. And then Elisa was doing a lot of her her gigging. And, and we had like opposite schedules. Yeah, because like as a musician and yoga teacher and voice teacher, a lot of that was like nights and weekends. And my job was all through the day. So our schedules were very opposite. So it was hard to align to be able to do stuff like go on a weekend trip so that part was challenging so we've went from that to just being together in the small space all of the time so that that took some adjustment I think the biggest thing is that we just had to be okay and we're still learning but being okay with asking for space I'm in I'm an introvert by nature and I like totally fine going out and social types of settings but I need that time on the back end to be alone and recharge and so just being able to speak up and say like this is my introvert time and kind of like go in the little back area and close the sliding door um (laughs) you know things like that just being okay with asking for time for ourselves I think has been one of the biggest adjustments that we've needed to make and also probably one of the bigger challenges that Mm -hmm. we've that we've faced yeah, I would agree with that. And and as a musician or as a the primary songwriter, it's definitely important to have alone time when you're writing or trying to do anything creative. And so, yeah, I would agree with that. But I think you were saying like the space hasn't really been an issue. So I, I think it's like just managing stress too, or managing plans not working out or um, yeah. breakdowns. Like <laughs> we've ha- we've broken down a lot. And just dealing with with that has been really hard. Like, are you gonna turn on each other in times like that, or are you gonna like work together and try to work through it? Because that's been super challenging. Do you feel yeah. like you guys have kind of come through this stronger, <laughs> or you're just like, I need some <laughs> oh. space and like, let's go on respectively. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
<laughs> it's a safe place. It's a safe place. No, I think we've we've definitely come through it stronger. We've gotten a lot better at working through through stuff, working through stressful situations, working through arguments and things like that. We've definitely gotten a lot better at that because we've had more opportunities to practice, <laughs> I think. But but no, I think looking back on where we were in our relationship probably a year ago versus where we are today certainly a lot stronger and better off because of the things that we've been able to work through in this space and on this journey together yeah I mean I don't know about you guys but when when we kind of set out to do this like most of the friends that I had or I mean that I have are like I could never do that with my partner like it, we would just immediately break up <laughs> um so it's it's hard but yeah ultimately I think it's it's made us much much stronger and much more like better communicators as well I love it if there's a one thing that you'd share with somebody who's like thinking about going out and who's a musician and wants to be able to play for a year and book shows all over the country what one piece of advice would you give them Oh, it's hard to boil it down to one. Yeah. Well, I'll, one thing that we were, that we were, Elisa and I were talking about earlier was just making sure that the product is ready. And by that, I mean, like, the songs are well crafted, mm -hmm. you're comfortable being on stage, and you can give a good performance. We've, we've seen it because of the number of shows that we've played and, like, other bands that we've seen or played with. Being a musician and making it your career is not really that different from many of the other types of ventures that we've heard, like on your podcast, for instance, like we're business owners, we're entrepreneurs. And so before you go out and try to sell and market your product, you got to make sure that it's like dialed in and ready. Because if it's not, those advertise the you know, best way to kill a bad product is with good advertising, right? Like you get it out there and you get it in front of people and it's not up to snuff right that's that's going to create some some problems down the road so use the time before you hit the road to sharpen your craft and boil it down and, and get good at it and do the work that you need to do so as you as you start taking it on the road you're that much stronger and better off I would say that that's for sure everything you just said but also making sure you know where your music would fit and and what it is that you do and what what it is that you'd be okay with because like for for us and my music is very much like jazz soul pretty easy to listen to and it's the kind of music where I could play longer sets and include covers and I'm okay with that and I can play longer sets like two to three hours and often those longer sets are better paying gigs. And if you're the type of artist that's like, no, I just want to play my original music, then it's okay. Just know that before you go out on tour. And yeah, just knowing what it is that that you do and owning it. Yeah, I would say that that's important. I love it. Oh, and follow up, follow up, follow <laughs> up, follow up, follow up with all the venues and follow up all the time. And if they don't respond right away, it's like not... That is okay. And just like we've gotten so many shows not on the, on the not fourth email. It's because of the fourth email, not the first email. Like because <laughs> people just don't check their email and they'll like they won't respond. It's not it's not personal. It's just they just don't check. You just need and they're just so busy. Um so you just have to keep following up. I think following up is like seriously one one of the most 
was one of the easiest things to do that the fewest people actually do that would lead to the most opportunities because like following up, like meeting somebody, following up, reaching out. Yeah, it just it goes it's applicable to everybody. So thank you guys so much for coming on and sharing your story. I know that you have some new music coming out next month, which I'm excited about. Where where is a good place for people to connect with you guys, maybe follow along so they can come to one of your shows whenever y'all are coming through the area? Spotify, Apple Music. I have a Pandora station. And then just my website is elisasun.com and it's E-L-L-I-S-A-S-U-N. And the tour page of my website has all of our upcoming shows. And then it's also tied to Spotify. So if you go onto my Spotify and scroll down, usually it shows our tour schedule. And then, yeah, like social media, I'm on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, all that good stuff. I love it. Well, thank you. Everywhere. Lisa's son everywhere. Awesome. Well, I'll link up to all of that in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast. Appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for having us. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to that episode with Ken and Elisa. If you want to check out the show notes for this episode and all of the different links that we mentioned, go to heathandalisa.com. Thank you guys again so much for listening and I'll see you all next time on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast.